We're trying to help you to grow into the person we know you are, Anthony. And I know it's been crazy around here this last little while, and that part, that's on me. This tournament stuff has just made me lose focus on the things that are most important. Actually, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to the tournament. You know, I hope you guys win. <laughs> okay, screw Cobra Kai. Well, on that we can agree. What is that? We said no more screens. Are you hearing anything we're saying to you? Give me that, Andy. Okay, it's not even an iPad. Okay, if you're at least games, this is not Dad, Dad, are you insane? You know what? Now you're gonna learn to listen to us and do as you're told. And if you don't, you better strap yourself in for one hell of a rough ride because I am done playing games with you. Do you understand me? Yes. Ooh, I wonder who's more hateable, Anthony LaRusso or Anthony Soprano? Uh, AJ. Um, <laughs> welcome to No Mercy, Cobra Kai Kickback. My name is Jim Scampoli. I represent Cobra Kai because I'm in a love triangle between me, my surrogate son, and my biological son. Help! <laughs> my name is Jacob Burrows, and I represent Miyagi-Do because these are dinner napkins, and I'm going to swap them out for something more appropriate. Um, <laughs> very deep cut. Um, yes. yeah. So basically I like that scene. That's uh, we, we haven't, uh, I, I've forgotten about that scene. This episode, yeah. if we're going to talk about episode eight party time of season four of Cobra Kai, do you have pulled up the, the makers of this fine episode, Jim? Yes. This one is directed by Tanya McKiernan, who also directed the previous episode and written by Joe Pierulli and Luann Thomas, who also wrote episode two, First Learn Stand. Indeed. And so we're here. We're coming. This is the prom episode or party time, as it's called. Uh, so, you know, it's party time, as is called out by Stingray. And we get to see Stingray again. There's a lot to talk about in yes. this one. Uh, any overall thoughts before we launch into it? I mean, it's a nice, fun uh, I don't want to say calm before the storm, but like, you know, yeah, party time. This is kind of the 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 last moments we have to just kind of hang out and revel in the rivalry as it's still uh, budding in the high school and in the real world and all that. And we get to have a, you know, a high school staple. You can't have a high school show without either the homecoming dance or the prom. Everyone gets to be dressed to the nines. You get to have your synchronized dance moves that you didn't practice and you came up with on the spot, but it's perfect and it works. I mean, I guess karate is a nice uh, uh, go hand to hand in with your with dancing. You know, I don't know, doing a circle with each other and, uh, you know, just making just making making waves. And also you can have the people with lo longing glances. Uh, it's so uncomfortable when poor Sam and Miguel are stuck with each other, but we'll get into it. But yeah, no, I, I, I dig it. I like where we're at because again, we're heading towards the tournament and it's like, going to be only tournament after this. Exactly. And this episode has a lot of high school staples, like being lured to an abandoned building and being beaten up by an old man, just standard high school stuff yes. uh, in this one, folks. Uh, as we said, it starts out with the reintroduction of Stingray, which I 
I, I loved the, the kind of reveal of his morning routine because it's so not what we expect or where we expect to find him. Uh, but then it, it, it all, it's, it seems like a nice morning and then it all comes crashing down because Greg is there. And Greg is kind of a cartoonish character. Uh, their yeah. interactions are very kind of over the top, but I can't say that I mind it. Yeah, the guy, the actor that plays Greg, um, he always kind of plays this part. I recognize him from other stuff. I mean, I can't, I don't know his name or anything like that, but he's always kind of like the nerd smarmy guy, or maybe he's the nerd pathetic guy. In this, okay. in in this instance, I get, I guess you get the the vibe that he's a pathetic person, but Stingray's just more pathetic in this instance. So he gets to be, you know, the bullies, the the bullied always get to bully someone else. Uh, so that's what we get to see here. I do want to shout out Stingray because I think I'm sure we've mentioned it in the past, but Paul Walter Hauser, the actor that plays him. I mean, the dude was nominated for an Oscar like a year or two ago. Uh, so it's pretty great that he's still hanging out as Stingray when he gets a little time to do that. So good for him. If we did discuss that, I'd forgotten. What was he nominated for? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was nominated for um, what was that movie? It was it Richard Jewell. It was a Clint Eastwood movie where he played the guy that was arrested for the 96 Atlanta Olympic bombing. He was like a pathetic security guard that they kind of tried to pin on. Uh, they tried to pin the whole thing on him. Uh, and I never saw the movie, but let me make sure I'm not t telling it's tales. It's not on his Wikipedia, bro, so I don't know. Maybe he didn't get nominated. Maybe he's just in the... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he well, he got nominated for a Screen Actors Guild for Outstanding Performance. It's just as good. It's just as good. Everyone knows the SAG Awards are just well, as good as the Academy. I just remember his name was in the mix. I'm sorry. I should have pulled that up beforehand. My bad. But anyways, he's still a well-respected actor. Between that movie, he was in I, Tanya. Uh, he's in a few big, like, award-type indie films like that. But it's cool that he still has time for Cobra Guy. He was in Black Klansman. He's been in Oscar-nominated movies, Jacob. Okay. He's in Cruella. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, that's he's putting forward Oscar uh, performances for sure when he's yeah. b throwing banter back and forth uh, about the Frisbees and the difference with the Frisbees with the hole in them and the not Frisbees. Like, it's, it's all good. Um, yeah. And he's kind of out now because he's he was in like uh, he was in jail or something, right? Or what was what, where was he? He's just got a rehab or something. I forget. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> oh yeah, we should definitely know this. Uh, no, what what did he do? He beat up all the kids in the school, and then they put. Him yes, away. that's right. Uh, that, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. It's uh, it's been a little bit, but it, yeah, that's what Greg's saying as well. Like you're just fucking just yeah. out for beating up kids and your layabout etc etc but of course to him he's like don't want to don't want to kick the snake uh you know you know i'm fucking academy award nominated you can't be coming yeah. up here talking this shit greg <laughs> you know that i'm assumed academy award nominated by Jim <laughs> of, uh, no mercy um but yeah, I mean, I like the little uh, fake out. I mean, because obviously, like, he's in a, a house that's too nice for Stingray to have. Um, he's kind of living the suburban life, but you know, it's what his sister's house or whatever that he's just hanging yeah. out there, being a being a nuisance to everyone else. Very much so. Um, and we'll be picking up with him throughout the episode. But uh, last time we saw, uh, last time we saw Crease, 
uh, last time we were sort of uh, in uh, in the dojo with Terry Silver and Crease, there was this uh, terse exchange where Crease reaffirmed that I, you got to get in line, get behind me, follow the leader, you know, don't step on a landmine, all of this. So we we pick back up and Terry Silver is in there punching a bag. He's been meditating on this and he says that I've not forgotten and I'm going to do whatever it takes to prove that I'm I'm with you all the way. And uh, yeah. indeed, that's what he tries to do throughout the episode. Yeah, he's he's he wants to prove his loyalty. Uh, but do you believe Because the first time you watched it, you didn't believe him. You thought everything was a no, Terry Silver I scheme. Kept, it's just, it's weird. And, and yeah, I guess it's my bad. I always thought he was scheming. Although, I mean, I'm eventually proved right. But uh, yeah, it, I, I thought he was scheming well before he's actually scheming. Indeed. But I guess this episode is when we finally get to see a little sense of like, oh, my God, where he's scheming. <laughs> this is the yeah. Terry Silver. But it's it's also I mean, I like how they play it out, even though this portion of it between this episode and last episode, they're they're like, you know, uh, little rivalry that's kind of building here feels like forced because, uh, I mean, we talked about that a bit where it's like, what is what is Terry doing that Crease is even like upset about? It's because he said he had a weakness like any other person. And then he was kept being like, oh, I want your help, but not like this. I want your help like this. It was like, you know, weird stuff that he's doing. But it is it does work well going back to the beginning where we start with Terry is that we don't finally get to see we don't finally get to the real Terry from Karate Kid 3 until kind of the end of this episode and into or going into the end of the season. And I guess it is, you know, uh, poetic that the whole season crease is trying to get that Terry back. And it's the whole, be careful what you wish for, uh, type thing. But I mean, we'll get into that as we get through these back end of the episodes here. Absolutely. Cause I mean, we've known from the start that Terry silver was in a much better place, but the allure of karate yeah. is drawing him back into this. And we know it's not going to be a good thing for him in the long run. Um, so Stingray shows up and is like, hey, I served my time. I defended the dojo. Time to get back in. But like he's even he's not even wearing the, the swanky new workout gear. He's just in yeah. the old gi with a headband and everything. He doesn't fit in here. And Crease tells him as much. Now, of course, he's coming back to, uh, you know, he to him. Yes, Crease was the sensei in there when he was there as well. But like Johnny was the sensei. Like that's the Cobra Kai that created Stingray uh, was Johnny's Cobra Kai. So he's coming back and, you know, there's been a change in leadership, but Chris is still there. So to him, it's just like Cobra Kai is the thing that gave me purpose in life. So uh, I got to get back in. That's all I care about. And Chris just like talks, gets very harsh, <laughs> says, don't be ridiculous. You you have no value. You're nothing but a joker. Get the hell out of yeah. here. And he's like, ah, I get it. It's a test. And he's kind of, crying a little bit almost leaving there <laughs> but he's I like, would also, determined to get back in i would also academy award stuff yeah yeah i would also assume it's a test uh but i'm also an idiot like <laughs> much like stingray <laughs> uh but yeah it is great how like it's so funny how much he's missed that when he does show up like he doesn't even understand he's walking into a completely different element here like a lot of shit's gone down um, and also in the midst of that, we have this will they, won't they with Robbie and Tori, where 
she's like, yeah, maybe we'll go to the prom. It would really piss off our enemies, wouldn't it? And Robbie's like, hey, you asked me to the prom. Ah, yeah, it's all for tactics. And then Terry overhears that. And he's like, oh, don't don't worry. I'm going to bankroll this thing. Uh, you guys are going to be, you know, going in style, of course. Because, I mean, if I was in Cobra Kai, as we're getting all this new gear and this dude's just giving us money and shit now, I'd be like, fuck yeah. Uh, Sensei Silver is the man. I don't know about this Sensei, Sensei Crease bum over here. All he does is yell at us and give us shit. This dude's giving us cash money, hooking us up with the sweet champion gear. Johnny Lawrence, Sensei Lawrence put us in a cement blender, and now we're getting fancy cars and training gear, and seemingly it's all free. And he's saying he's going to put one in every corner. I don't know. I yeah. guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's a fucking sweet ass deal. Uh, though a little bit suspicious from a anyone watching kind of point of view. Like, hey, my sensei gave me his fancy sports yeah. car for totally. for prom. Um, we have a yes. We it's kind of a dinner or whatever, but it's also just uh, just Miguel showing up to pick up Sam for prom. But then Johnny's there, and they're getting photos. And I I guess they don't do dinner. It's just kind of they're all showing up, and so they so we well, can have an awkward moment. Yeah, well, I think what's happening. I, this does make sense. This, I mean, I don't know about in Ireland. I, uh, the Irish, uh, the heathens probably don't have um, not Ireland. Well, you're Sweden. But it, growing up in Sweden, I don't know if you guys have proms or cool dances like that. Uh, uh, but, no, <laughs> I mean, it's all... we I, Sure, I know all of this from films yeah. and TV, obviously, but no, we don't have this. Tell me, please explain But I think what's happening here is that, I mean, Daniel... The LaRussos are having a family dinner because, yeah, okay. the, the, the family is visiting the LaRussos because, because of Sam's prom, because they want to see her seat up in her dress and and you know meet her date and stuff like that and then probably logistically because also the larusso's clearly have the greatest house out of any of this friend group uh well i'll meet at the larusso's for the initial like get together um because that's when you can get pictures of like because since miguel is picking up sam like it just made sense that's where they'll meet up because everyone's going to get pictures, have a little greeting. They're clearly not invited to dinner. Like, get out of here. You're not coming to our family dinner, but you can come here for the pictures. Yeah. Okay. I, I suppose that that checks out. And as you said, we we get to see Sam come down the stairs in the classic prom moment with her dress. The music when Sam, come, Sam comes down the stairs and does her little dress twirl, it sounds like it's directly from a public domain music website. It's like oh, yeah. inspiration. You search the keyword inspirational music and it's like the background pad that you can get automatically on YouTube if you don't have any music or if your music's copyright stri stricken, you can replace it with this music. And normally I like the music in Cobra Kai. I actually think it's not uh, bad. In a way, it kind of matches my lackluster feeling towards Miguel and Sam's relationship at this point. Yeah. So it kind of fills that function. But it's very much like a very standard trope staple and the music is not, it's just kind of like, yeah, a pad under it. Yeah, usually the music on Cobra Kai is very good. But uh, yeah, I'm sure for this moment, they're like, ah, eh, we're not going to bring in our you know, composer to do something here. Just pull something from the library. We hate I mean, Sam it could very much be made for the show. It just has that very <laughs> standardized vibe of like, we're doing the moment, everyone. And indeed, they, that's, the, that's what they're doing. They're doing the moment. You get the flower out of the box, put it 
in the pocket or whatever and round the wrists. I've seen this. I've seen this in Buffy all the way back. It's all straightforward. <laughs> oh, um, man. Remember when Buffy was named uh, Protector? That was great. Tear up every time. Yeah. Remember That's when, a whole other show. <laughs> remember when Buffy and, and Cordelia ended up having to run through the whole... They are being hunted. Are you talking prom? about Slayer Fest 98? <laughs> Absolutely Slayer Fest 98. God. <laughs> Where's our Buffy podcast? It'll be there. Showswhatyouknow.com. Eventually. Yeah. Just uh, check it out. So they meet up. They do the photos. There's a bit of awkward chats. And there's also a big thing introduced with uh, Anthony is being punished, put in his room. Uh, and they don't really know how to deal with it. They don't want to get the family involved. Uh, but then there's this new character played by uh, Daniel's Academy Award nominated <laughs> actress Ralph Macchio's daughter. Uh, uh, Julia Macchio. I'd look up her name that, real quick. Yes, that's of what course, they put Academy. on her nomination as well, Ralph Macchio's daughter. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's there, and she's going to do some child psychology in a little bit. But before that, um, we have... We have Johnny coming back home, and uh, he, uh, Robbie's mother shows up, and she's telling him that some some swanky millionaire showed up with loads of cash, and that's rightly a, a not great situation, a kind of confusing situation. She offered me a job. Uh, he offered me a job. Anyone who just goes around going like, hey, I'll take care of you. <laughs> Here's yeah. a car for your kid. Yeah. Pretty Pretty weird and suspicious, and obviously Johnny's not on board. Yeah, I mean, I guess, again, it is 1980s. Terry Silver is creeping back in slowly but surely. Um, and yeah, that as they've like kind of established in the beginning before Robbie's mom went to um, uh, rehab or whatever, like she was kind of like a scumbag <laughs> that would just like go from dude to dude. So she could spot a slime ball. She knows what's going on. Yeah. Uh, but it, But it's also like... I mean, I get this makes sense where it's like, hey, he's his dad still. But, uh, you know, I think we've talked about this. Many people have talked about this. There still hasn't been really anything from Johnny as far as trying to do anything for Robbie. And I know it's like tough for him because it's like Robbie rightfully is probably not going to give him a chance. But that doesn't mean he couldn't try. But it's just another example of like, oh, okay, so, you know, too little too late, unfortunately, for Johnny here. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, Robbie did show up just to tell him that he's better than him, etc. So it yeah. doesn't, probably doesn't seem like. And you're in rival karate dojos trying to shut each other down. Maybe try to talk to him after the tournament when that, everything's settled down, if that's going to be the case. Either way, we're off to prom. It's ten minutes in, and we were already at prom. Like, let's get it started. Let's go. Um, we we get this side plot with. Dimitri and Yasmin, who's showed back up, and I spent a, a solid fifteen minutes trying to Google like what is the deal with Yasmin in season three, season four of Cobra Kai? Why is there a plot about her going to Australia and then coming back? <laughs> because I guess it's got to have something to do with availability or whatever. But it's just like, yeah. such a non-plot because it's just mentioned that yeah. she's not going to be there, and then she's not there, and then she's there at prom. But if she like all the scenes in between were karate, so it would make sense if she just wasn't in those scenes also i just showed up but uh you know whatever <laughs> yeah i don't yeah who knows uh i gotta give a shout out to dimitri's like pac-man suit or whatever it is that he's wearing it is a pac-man suit i i liked it usually all of his nerd shit is a little uh on the nose this is on the nose too but i think it looks cool uh, but yeah, I, I'm trying to. I don't gauge the theme here. What is it? Some sort of like Gatsby theme they're going for? 
Oh right, yeah. You always have to have a theme. I didn't even think of that, but yeah, it looks like a bit a bit Gatsby-ish. Maybe yeah. it's like the Roaring Twenties are back, so we wear our Pac-Man suits. Oh, there you go. Make sense. Yeah. Also, what's with the? There's no theme. There's no theme to the dress anyway, because it's like leopard print. Uh, yeah, that's Jessica true. Everyone Rabbit. else, has, I guess it's just you know, yeah, uh, dress of the nines. Like everyone yeah. just gets let's see. Let's fancy. Pick Themes yeah. fancy. Um, yeah, this scene, I think. Uh, it's like Sam and Miguel are hanging out and they've been talking about like, it's nice to do something just for us and no karate or anything. And it's going so, so, uh, they're just talking about the tournament. And then these motherfuckers show up in their leopard print and, and swanky suit. And it's like, yes, oh, man. Yeah. Game over. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Miguel and Sam game over the fucking cool kids have arrived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, the clothes are not cool, but I guess they are cool now because it comes back around or something, but it really doesn't... If I saw these outfits, I wouldn't be like, wow, they look amazing. I'd be like, what is with this pimp <laughs> and uh, and this lady of the night? But you know what? I, that's judgmental of me, so I'll I'll uh, recant. Yeah, you're slut-shaming. Um, but, but yeah, so then we go back to, yeah, Julia Macho, who's playing Cousin something or other uh one one thing i hate i mean this isn't even a thing about cobra kai i get why this happens but just a thing in movies and tv where there is always like hey cuz like no one talks like that you don't say like you know hey cousin joe like where have you been it's just i get it it's to let the audience know like this is a cousin or sometimes they're like it's because that's why you're my brother, man. <laughs> like where people have to kind of outright say what the relationship is. And it's like, you know, we've been bros our whole lives. We've been brothers our whole lives. Uh, womb to the tomb. But here we go. Cousin, you know, uh, but whatever. Much like, much like the prom thing, I just assume that's how you talk in America because that's how everyone <laughs> talks in the TV shows. So, yeah. And calling someone cuz is a thing, but not if they're your actual. I really brother, don't right. think it's a thing. I mean, I didn't grow no, up. But in I mean, the like cuz. Like cuz. Oh, like just calling, like, a, like hey, what's up, cuz? Like just someone. But that's not what they're doing like, here. Yeah. Like not someone who's literally your cousin. I was going to say, maybe in the South they do that. Okay, Cousin Vanessa. That's what I had to look up her name real quick. Uh, I mean, maybe in the South that's how they talk because movies told me that. I don't know how true that is. I just know wherever I grew up, they did not. We did not say, hey, cousin, ever. Well, Jim, you and me have hosted a podcast together for how many years now? And I'm yes, from Sweden, yes. but I live in Ireland. And you bring that up. You, you talk like that. You're like, you're you're in Ireland, but you're from Sweden. Now, we know there's someone else in the room, though, the listener, whereas they're not supposed to know that in the show. So that's the difference. Yeah, that's true. But then she does drop some real knowledge here where she like they're surprised because it's like the whole moment of like, oh, we thought you were stupid. Even yeah, though we you're a know young you, woman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even though we know you, uh, and clearly you've been like going to school and doing stuff, but we just thought you were dumb. But she breaks it down like, well, no, it's not about talking to Anthony. I need to talk to you and get and see like how you you are the reason he is the way he is, which does kind of make sense. He is just a kid. He's a shitty kid, um, but it's their fault. Yeah, agreed. Um. So Johnny is breaking and entering um, into his old dojo and yeah. there's a camera and Terry Silver is watching him on the camera and calling him. So this is some fucking Terry Silver shit. You're yes. right. It is next level stuff. Yeah. He's just, I think he might be 
he's in like his house with an aquarium behind him, like a supervillain, yeah, with a like glass of brandy. Yeah. yeah, and he's just on his phone, talking shit to Johnny, luring him in deeper uh, into his maniacal plan. Which, I mean, again, because I guess this does all tie back to what Terry said at the beginning. He's proving his loyalty here. And, you know, he did recently find out, like, because it was even surprising. We mentioned on the show, like, how did he not know or how did Chris not share this information? But he recently found out that Robbie is Johnny Lawrence's son. And so he's like, he can't even it's not even a, a thing he can turn off. The gears start going immediately. And this plan just starts hatching out of his brain. Like he can't turn this shit off. Now he's in, yeah, he's in Bond villain mode because he gets to help his two best. It's like two birds, one stone. He gets to help his two best students between Robbie and Tori by, you know, sending them on a good night for prom. But also he gets to torment <laughs> his leaders, you know, surrogate, estranged son as well in the process. This is great. And prove his loyalty. It's fucking yes. classic Terry Silver things, wheels within wheels. Uh, and the only thing he doesn't count on, which I feel like he should have figured out by now, but what he doesn't count on is Kreese's actual weakness. Because he knows Kreese has mm. a weakness, but yeah. he doesn't know what it is, apparently, because he's trying to do one thing and it's not going to work out. We have a super choreographed dance scene, um, <laughs> which I assume also happens at prom because it's in every oh, prom totally. TV show and thing. Yeah. Like, there's always like a circle, and then there's one couple that gets all of the attention with some synchronized dancing. Now, if that happened in real life, you'd be like, "Those fucking nerds practiced that dance for well, ages to show off at prom." You wouldn't you're think kind cool. of right, but also, no, I feel like if it happened in real life. I think after the fact, you'd be like, oh, my God, those nerds. But I yeah. feel like in the moment, you'd be like, holy shit. <laughs> okay, yeah. This is amazing. Because I, 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 this is probably not the best comparison, but I compare it to, like, mob mentality. Like, if you were out, you know, outside of a football, American football game, or an Irish football game for you, and your team just won. GA, you're talking about GAA? <laughs> yeah. That's game and football. And your team or your your what do they call them? Your squad, your uh you guys call them something else, right? Oh, we call them tribes over here because we're heathens. Is that what you think? Yeah. But if all of a sudden a few people started trying to flip a car, everyone's so excited that you'd all be like, Yeah, let's flip the car. That's my I feel like that's the same thing that's happening here. You're in flip a car mode because you're just in the moment and all of a sudden someone's doing a dance routine in front of your face. You'd be excited, but then yes, I feel like afterwards when you're at Stingray's party, you'd be like, "Oh, do those nerds fucking set up a synchronized dance to make their exes jealous?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, I come from a very sort of collectivist culture that is uh, like, "Don't don't think you're too special, like don't be too yeah. showy," you know, which is the opposite of the U.S., where yeah, American Dream, go do it, do whatever you want to do, and in Sweden, yeah. it's more like, "Don't fucking think you're." different than anyone else or any more important than anyone else <laughs> so that's why i think it'd be a bit more like look at these two fucking nerds but True. also the punch the the punch could be spiked so maybe i'd be on board with it i don't know i will say jokes aside the i think the chemistry and the arc of robbie and tori really works i yeah. like that it comes to that point of like are they still watching oh i don't even care it's like yeah me neither and then I feel like they do have legit chemistry. I mean, 
especially from a character standpoint, they could obviously really relate to each other on a certain level because they're kind of, you know, castaways that uh, are fend a bit more for themselves than some of the other characters do. Uh, and it, I believe it. I buy their connection. And the downside of that, and maybe this is purpose, maybe they do this on purpose, is it makes Miguel and Sam look even worse as a couple. And I guess maybe that's kind of the point, but they really come off as like a wet blanket, like of a, of a relationship here. Uh, just because, yeah, we got the sparks flying with Robbie and Tori and you know me, I'm a huge Miguel guy. I think Miguel's the heart and soul of the show. Uh, but it just really kind of undermines them as a relationship. And again, maybe that's the point. Yeah, I think that's uh, very insightful of you. Because, yeah, despite all our jokes, they do have good chemistry. They do a good dance. They do a good fight. <laughs> and it's also a natural kind of evolution from where we've seen them over the past, well, a, a long amount of time leading up to this point. Um, whereas Sam and Miguel, their relationship is a bit more in a state of like, uh, I guess. And when I look back at where have they been over the course of the last few seasons? What has their relationship been? There's not like one clear tra trajectory. It was kind of like we were seeing each other and then it was kind of fucked. And then, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we got back together because of this and that, but there were still these and those feelings. And so it's a bit more shaky. Whereas this also has that new relationship smell to it as well, where it's just yeah. like, it's just the excitement and they have a bit more than that going on. And they, also, not to mention the fact that their dads essentially are like rival dojo people, but they're starting to get more affinity for each other's dads, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> Sam and Miguel. So it's, or uh, yeah, Sam and Miguel. So it's kind of a weird situation. But yeah, I, I think the lack of chemistry is in many ways purposeful. It's kind of hard that I don't know why. I, I think I have to have a bias towards liking Miguel so much, whereas Sam, as we've talked about this season, she comes off not as likable, but I kind of think I'm a little bit biased there because it's also the fact that their whole relationship is kind of uh rocky, which makes sense. That's making me think that she's not I don't I don't know. They're not they're not having a great night either way. Yeah. 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 It's just not it's not working out for them. It's just it becomes I mean and I mean this is in the show. Like it's not really subtext. It becomes where they're they're both longing for their exes or thinking they're so cool, but then they're catching each other doing that and feeling worse because of it. So yeah, it's not a great, not a great thing. Uh, then we cut back to, you know, Amanda and Daniel getting their kind of uh, parent therapy here. Uh, and they're, you know, getting defensive and then it builds up to, you know, Amanda, the old, like, I think I've this is kind of a trope of like, what are you writing? Uh, getting you know, the control freak who's speaking to a, a therapist or what have you, and they're getting so worried that they don't know what's what they're writing, but then it is that is the test is that you can't even handle not knowing what's what, what's being analyzed about you and how you've raised your child or things that you might be doing wrong, yeah. And I think Vanessa's point kind of is about that you've not brought enough attention to your child in a way because you kind of just let the him deal with the screens and he gets his morality from the internet rather than from you and you have the dojo and the dealership and all of that and 
I, I guess they're asking if they're... It, it, she's asking, were you able to correct the his behavior when he was acting out? But then you're also acting out when you don't get what you want. So he's mirroring your behavior. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess it's funny that all of this is, is all good and insightful. But then later on in the episode, the only thing that works <laughs> is... Is going, yeah. uh, you know, Cobra Kai or Eagle yeah. Fang, uh, which is great. That's a great scene. I don't f- feel necessarily that that's what Vanessa is saying. You need to be stricter or whatever. It's this scene is kind of just more adding to the general. We don't know what the fuck we're doing, and we're the ones who have fucked up rather than Anthony here. And it all reaches kind of a boiling point for Daniel when yeah. he yells out, "Quiet!" breaks the thing, etc. And that's the thing that works. And that's just great for the overall uh, season trajectory of. Uh, the two dojos coming together, learning from each other, but then being too, you know, not being able to work together, splitting apart, but they're using what they've learned in their various, I mean, Johnny's not, he's going to just get beaten up in this episode. So that's not really relevant in this particular episode, but Daniel had like all this stuff that he kind of learned is now coming out and it's actually working. And so that's going to give him a bit of insight for when they eventually come back together. Yeah, and I think there's maybe like a flimsy connection because part of what she's saying is they do need to be more act. They do need to have a more active role. Yeah. Uh, in whether it be uh, just general parenting or even just you know punishments or what have you. And I made the joke kind of at the beginning, but it almost like this the way this plays out would to- could totally be Tony Soprano and Anthony Jr. Except now we have Daniel LaRusso and Anthony LaPusso, uh, where like I could see this play out almost exactly the same way, where like Tony and Carm sit down with a child psychologist who's telling them about what, you know, they're ignoring their son or they're setting bad examples. What are you and then writing? It, I can't do voice, yeah. yeah. That's my and it might, it might be Carmela or it could even be Tony. Uh, someone grabs the pad, that's the test, but it would still end with Tony smashing a football helmet into a windshield of a truck because he's yelling at AJ about, you know, smoking weed on his bar mitzvah, not his bar mitzvah, his uh, communion or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, so love to see it. I mean, as you know, we love both shows. We've also hosted podcasts. We discuss every episode of The Sopranos. So uh, cut to black, Sopranos, sit down. I think unlike Daniel, Tony never had the problem that he spent too much time meditating and like uh, not expressing <laughs> yeah. his anger. But uh, yeah, you're right. It's a it's a similar kind of vibe and similar to how it p- plays out. Except in in The Sopranos, they say things like, I'm supposed to get a vasectomy and that's my male heir, that sort of thing. That's rough. Whereas this is just kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Imagine but- Daniel said that. What kind of show would this be? <laughs> Fucking crazy. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, to stay with it through the scene that does come up later, it is and what you had already to echo kind of what you had said. Um, it is, you know, as a fan of the show, it's great to see Daniel striking first a little bit, learning a little bit from Cobra Kai or Eagle Fang, giving a good old Johnny quiet. Because, I mean, maybe it is the simpleton in me, uh, or or a lot of the viewers, because yeah, we have this insightful scene from someone who's trying to teach you like more modern parenting, but it all comes down to like, he needs a good slap in the face. He needs a good, you know, he, give him a good old scream at and, uh, you know, show him who's boss. Uh, Cause you know, you kind of want him to get yelled at and I love to see it. Yeah. It's kind of like um, interesting how the stories we tell as a society expresses where we're at with that sort of thing where like, Oh, there's a lot of stuff now about trying to treat your 
child is a human or whatever. But remember in the good old days when you could just scream at them? Now yeah. we're going to give you that wish fulfillment in the form of television. There you go. <laughs> or you make them go get a Switch. That's what, they, that's what uh, Michael Jackson's dad used to do to him. He'd say, go get a Switch, boy. And you have to yeah. go outside and get a stick. So Joe Jackson could, like, beat him with it. And if you got a stick too small, then Joe's going to go out and get, pick a Switch. So remember the good old days, Jacob? Yeah, I mean, if you did that to Anthony or the Pusso, he would go get a Nintendo Switch, um, yeah, which would. would not be ideal. I believe that's he'd order it off his, he'd order it <laughs> off Amazon Alexa. Yeah, using your credit card. Uh, but yeah, it's also a bit on community. Um, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so okay, we have Terry Silver and Crease going back to the old where it all started. The original, yes. uh, the original dojo. It looks i mean it's not the same i assume it's not the same place because it's just the random the most random set i mean as far mm. as where they're filming it so i assume it's not the same place but it still somehow tickles that nostalgia especially the two of them being in there with a bunch of totally. construction stuff completely reminds me of the scene the very well-known scene from the crowd pit kid part three when he jumps out from out, uh, uh, behind a cardboard cutout and yes. by the way at the start of this episode in the current day dojo, there's a cardboard cutout of Crease that maybe has been around in the background before, but I only just noticed it this time. Oh, uh, I don't think I even noticed it. Yeah, there's a cardboard cutout of Crease like hanging out over, uh, like over their shoulder when they're having their little conversation about prom, uh, and I, I think that's great. But either way, great. we're <laughs> we're in the old dojo, and he uh, he's Terry Silver's kind of saying that you know we're gonna do the original plan. One on every corner, looking for other locations. We're getting this one, etc. And Crease, who was homeless not that long ago, like this would be fine. This would be great. They could just get along. They could run their dojo together and everything. But Crease, the reason that Crease was like, you're like, you have to get back in line is Crease was trying to be a psycho. Uh, he was like, we can't just not fight them up until the tournament. Yeah. He was the one saying, we have to do these crazy, crazy things. And unfortunately, Terry Silver listened to that and has lured Johnny to come there so they can beat him up together. Uh, which just like the old days. Yeah. Just like the old days, which now isn't what Chris wanted uh, or wants. Yeah. Even though Terry Silver is right because he has been kind really reasonable throughout the season up to this point and crease is like don't be reasonable and he's like all right but then now he's the crazy one now yeah. it's it's just unfair well and also i mean if we're kind of following this through line i didn't really think about it until now when we're just we've been discussing it and bringing the old crease back um is there also maybe an element, and I, I'm probably just building this up myself. I don't know if it's in the show and even how things play out. But I guess you could you maybe see an element where also Terry would probably have some jealousy of Johnny because Terry is supposed to be Crease's Johnny. You know what I mean? Mm. Like he's not mm. supposed to want this dude to be under his wing more and like have him be. It's not so much that Terry's like a surrogate son to Crease, but. He's supposed to be like his number one guy. You know what I mean? They've yes. been to war together. He saved his life. He's had his back. They have this like, you know, this almost blood oath that uh, that they're kind of there for each other, even though it's mostly Terry being there for Crease. But I guess I could see that there'd be an element of that as well. Of like, what the fuck is this guy, this kid uh, when, you know, we've been through literal war? Yeah, I 
even if you uh, just came up with that, bravo, Jim, because I think that's a I think that's a great point of why why it adds an extra bit of like he knows Chris has a weakness and he's gonna eliminate it in a sense, and they're gonna be the power duo, etc. Moving forward, um, so I think that's a it's a very good read of some additional feelings that are in the mix for sure. Um, interestingly, Terry Silver beats. Johnny. I mean, he kind of gets the drop on him at the start, but then yeah. they do some sparring. Johnny, I was saying before that Daniel in this episode, he's taking on some Eagle Fang, but we also see Johnny doing the actual, uh, you know, uh, wax on, wax off, blocking his punches. They even say Watch like, it. ah, you've learned a bit of defense, but you didn't learn enough. And he gets kicked and it's basically beaten up, which uh, isn't great for his confidence anyway. But then of mm. course, Crease steps in and I... I forget his actual words, but it's along the lines of, that's my son! <laughs> it's, how dare you? That's yeah. my new Terry Cree. Uh, that's my new Terry Silver. He, uh, Terry Silver is completely right to be annoyed because he does say, like, we agreed to settle this at the tournament. And he's Terry Silver is the one who said all along that yeah. let's just settle it on the mat where it belongs. And then, you know, <laughs> Crease is the one who's been fighting that. So rightfully so, he's like, what happened to no mercy? Uh, and so on. And But yeah, bit, yeah. bit annoying I, if you're Terry Silver. Yeah, they do kind of try to... Um, but I mean, because they, they do give Terry the win here. They do try to, like, you hear the ringing, like, because he gets that cheap shot on Johnny and it's almost like there's ringing in his ears as if he was in the war and a fucking, you know, uh, a stun grenade went off and everything's blurry and he doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, he gives him the, the let him go. We agreed, yeah, settle this at the tournament. And yeah, that must be so confusing to poor Terry because he's just trying to He's trying to he's trying to please his master. He's very much the yes, my liege, whatever you need, my liege. And that guy, the dark, the the you know the dark uh, companion to the dark king, always gets fucked over. So unfortunately, this is his moment. Yeah, and I mean, Crease is very much his drug dealer because he he was basically living clean up until now. And besides the cocaine, he, karate was his drug, and he brought that drug back into his life and is saying, I will, I will, I say how this works. And he's trying to please him, trying to make sure they can just work together and do the, the drug that is martial arts. But uh, no, this is kind yeah. of a breaking point between them. But anyway, we get to the titular line. It's party time. Everyone's showing up at Stingray's. We didn't mention this, but Stingray just went to prom and was like, hey, yeah. party at my house, which is uh, cool. Um, it is, it is a big fun... house. It's a yeah. Well, they have a they have a quick fun moment with Bert because Bert's like, "I'm not in Cobra Kai anymore," and and Stinger's like, "What?" Like it's it's just another <laughs> thing of him realizing like how much he's missed. Like everything's so different now. Uh but yeah, yeah. He shows up to prawn. He decides to because it's part of the test. He I guess he thinks he's proving himself, but he decides to yeah give them a place for the party. Uh, which is great. You know, whenever there's, whenever you're in high school and there's an old guy that's going to let you drink somewhere, you know, it's like you always respect and think that guy's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is a nice house. Uh, Dimitri and Yasmin are making out and Eli uh, or Hawk is there and Eli's been bummed out this whole time. He's kind of looking around for Moon um, and so on. But uh Regardless of all of that, uh, Greg shows up and 
they have a great exchange stingray and greg uh and stingray actually i think kicks him in the face etc um great moment kind of cartoonish but it's also this is this is crowd mentality this is what everyone's like hey he kicked him in the face yeah, stingray. Yeah. everyone is sold yeah exactly like you're not gonna be immediately arrested but i mean i guess it's the old like stand up to your bully thing like how he would not dare call the cops now because he's shown his bully that he's not going to take it anymore. So <laughs> even though he's going to call the cops because of party. But anyway, so, yeah, he beat him up, gave him his comeuppance. Uh, I do want to call out one quick moment before the party, because I think it's an important Tory beat where she is basically stating her arc in a way. But I mean, we should call it out. She does mention how, like, you know, all these kids, they have all these things that I don't have. I do. I I just reason why I want to win the tournament so bad is just to have a one that one moment uh, where I you know was the best at something. So I don't know. Maybe that could play important later on. We'll have to see. There's uh, three episodes or two episodes after this. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Um, and I mean, speaking of standing up to your bullies, um, Sam's like, I've learned my lesson. None of the hard stuff for me. I'll just go drink oh. beer. Uh, yeah. and then, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's not a great scene for, for Sam. Cause she essentially just picks this fight, like first verbally and then physically, uh, like says like, oh, you seem to be always in line behind me first, uh, Miguel, now Robbie, I, I have a half eaten cupcake that you might want. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, Jesus, pr pretty harsh. Uh, and I think she also throws the punch or kick that actually kicks things off. Yeah, she kicks her in the stomach. She, I mean, uh, she strikes first, so it is like yeah. kind of her thing right now, since she's learning more from Johnny. But it's it would be it it would hit it would kind of hit harder if it didn't feel like she's she's consistently striked first against Tori. Like even before she had a taste of Cobra Kai, you know what I mean? Not to say that Tori wasn't a maniac in say like season three. But in like season two and stuff, when when Sam was always kind of a jerk to Tori, I guess she wasn't like physically trying to fight her first, but she was always kind of a jerk. Yeah, uh, it was Sam that ended up with all the cake on her or right because she thought he, she had alcohol or she did have alcohol yeah. in her bag, whatever. She was her <laughs> stealing, um, all kinds of stuff. She was upset. Yeah, because she was like jealous that Aisha was like friends with her, like like weird things. I mean, either way, it's I, the the court like the parallel from the choreographed dance to now a different type of dance as they're both like grabbing each other and swooping around. Like, I think it's really fun. I like it. Yeah. And I think we also kind of see uh, we see how Miguel and Sam are not in sync. They don't have yeah. uh, they don't have that uh, collaborative thing going on. And that's part of why they get fucked over. Uh, but I mean, for Miguel's sake, because uh, Miguel's just a, a good boy and is like generally, you know, he's, he's doing some staring maybe this episode, but he didn't like kick someone like uh, they've spent so much time leading up to the tournament which by my count is tomorrow like it's so soon yeah, and then now so they soon. have a fight breakout immediately beforehand and it's sam doing that on a night when they said they wouldn't do any karate stuff and then not i mean it's it's harsh uh what robbie says understandable but harsh when he says that you know you think he's a my dad my dad's just trying to make himself feel better 
uh, with playing around with you for how he screwed up with me, basically. Yeah. Um, which is heartbreaking enough on its own, were it not immediately paired uh, with the scene after it. Yeah. It, before we get to that, like, it's also the way the fight plays out here is a nice callback to the school fight and kind of how that started. It was a similar thing of like, you know, Robbie happens to show up to see Miguel and he thinks he's like fighting Tori or Sam or whatever it was, Tori, I think. And so then he starts fighting him. Like it's the way things play out. There's some nice callbacks here and even callbacks to kind of like the uh, like corny fight dialogue where it's like, you think you broke my heart. You, you say I broke your heart. You broke mine too. Like you're in the middle of a fight, but there are these moments where you can have these declarations. And then Miguel has to be in the background. Like she, he broke your heart. Well, what about me? And then like, you know, it's, it's still, I'm not saying it's bad. It's fun for realizing you're watching a karate show. It's it's one of those moments. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone ends up being thrown in the pool. Everyone's having a great time, basically, besides uh, Miguel and Sam, um, yeah. who, who have a shit night. Um, and uh, Tori pulls Robbie into the pool, and that's fun. And they're just having a great night. And this fight, if anything, just made it better. And then they're hanging out outside. I think it's outside golf and stuff. Uh, or no, maybe it's just a Ferris wheel. It doesn't matter. They have great uh, lighting for their smooching that they do in the car. Uh, yeah. Tori's going to give the dress back because uh, she still has the tag in it. Uh, again, well, I don't think that would have worked after she fell in the pool. That, But that's just me nitpicking. Well, they said, yeah, that's what that's what they said, as or she said that as well. I hope they'll do yeah. that. But I mean, it also looks like it's it looks like a, a maybe a water repellent material, like it's sequiny, but it just looks like lizard sense. skin, right? So Sensei I don't Silver know. should have bought it anyways. Get yeah. Sensei Silver to buy it, unless he did buy it, and then she's gonna bring it back and keep the money, which is Good actually brain. even even better <laughs> of, yes. of a chance for her. Now that makes uh, and. Sense. So now going to this Miguel scene, this is kind of the linchpin of this whole episode. Like yeah. some of the prom stuff is kind of like, oh, whatever. But it's it's about getting to this scene and kind of how dumb I am is when I first watched this because it's just weird how we we see Johnny beat up and then like Chris stops it. And now we cut to him here and his house is all fucked up. And all I'm thinking is like. Oh man, Johnny's pretending because he doesn't want Miguel to know he got beat up. <laughs> That's clearly right. not the case. But apparently, I mean, his stupid mounted TV never survives. Like he he just came home in a he came home so bummed out that he got beat up. He got so fucked up that he's just bouncing off his walls. Where once again the TV comes down. But he's a handyman; he can put it back up. So he come down a few times. We've seen him mount many a TV, so there's no worries. Yeah, very true. And it's, I love how Miguel's like, oh, not again. Um, yeah. When he, he comes in. And it's a very sweet scene where he's helping him to bed and everything. And I get sad just leading up to it. But uh, yeah, Johnny gives a, a speech about how he's, he, he wants to be a father to him. He knows he's yeah. bad at it. He tries. He he's so sorry, and he loves you. And like the acting is good from both yeah, of them. They're both and so I, great. I, did you know what was coming when you watched it? Because oh. I kind of I oh I did know. I felt felt like I know knew exactly what was happening and what was going to come, but it was still like ah. 
<laughs> the look on Miguel's face, heartbreaking. Yeah, he, 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 he. I mean, uh, I mean, we talked a lot about how good Miguel is, but like this season between this scene and then that other scene, I think was, I guess, it was just in the previous episode, or maybe it was the episode before, where he's like, you know, I want you to be my sensei again, or I, I don't want that to change or whatever. Um, but I guess I was too busy focusing on the par- like when this was happening. I was like, this is the drunk Miyagi scene, but we're getting it with Miguel and Johnny instead of Daniel and uh, Miyagi, obviously. Uh, And it still is that. But what's great about it is it's mirroring that. But where that scene in the Karate Kid like solidifies Daniel and Miyagi's like that scene alone, like solidifies that Daniel is going to be. You know, 30 years later, selling cars, still saying Mr. Miyagi this, Mr. Miyagi that. And it all can trace back to that specific moment. Whereas this scene, it mirrors it, but it also is the the splinter of their relationship uh, because of what happens here. So I think that's what makes it even better. Uh, but still, like, yeah, completely heartbreaking. That scene in The Karate Kid, that's when you're like, this guy's going to grow up and he's going to ruin his relationship with his son because he's going to talk yes. so much about Mr. Miyagi, something that his son, someone his son doesn't even remember. Wow, what a scene. But yeah, yeah it's uh, it's obviously uh, really emotional. Johnny gives a speech. He says, like, I really suck at it, uh, trying to be there for you and everything. I want to so bad. And then Miguel says, like, he Miguel, before the sort of turn he's already mm. so emotional and he's like you're doing just fine because they've had a rocky road this season anyway with yeah. uh johnny being fucking weird about dating his mother and everything and he's like you're doing fine this is okay and then i love you robbie and it's it's a lot it's shit it's yeah, terrible it sucks yeah it sucks but it's also one of those things where it's like i like it doesn't i don't blame johnny like I like obviously he's not trying to hurt Miguel. Yeah. It's just you know and I do think that the things Johnny are saying that you know he thinks he's saying to Robbie, he would say them to Miguel and he would mean it. But it's also it's like clearly he has these issues. And it, it in a weird way it's nice to see that he really feels like shit for what he's done to Robbie, but it's just such a moment for him to come out with that because then poor Miguel has to fucking suffer and he's the heart and soul of the show the timing couldn't be worse because of yeah. what Robbie's just said that to him as well right uh, beforehand yeah. Um, so yeah it's pretty tough um, the episode we pretty much got to the end we see Anthony uh, <laughs> doing some actual like he's taking out the trash or whatever and he says he knows he screwed up and basically uh, yeah what Daniel did worked we already talked about this um, I don't know if there's anything you want to add on that, but then we have a final scene, which I'm sure you yeah. want to talk about. Yeah, no, we'll get into the final scene. And I think this ties even more into what I was saying before, uh, because we see Terry Silver, he's a wreck. And I mean, yeah. part of it's all the, all the stuff we've been talking about, obviously. It's like, he, how the fuck do I please this guy? He doesn't like when I'm trying to be kind of rational, but, but you know, I'm trying to be firm but strong here and just teach people about weaknesses, but he gets upset about it. Uh, so then I try to go all out. He gets upset about it. He also apparently loves this. He loves Johnny Lawrence more than he loves me. <laughs> so yeah. I'm a wreck. I've, I can, I'm looking for solace at the bottom of a bottle uh, until, you know, my muse, Stingray, <laughs> comes in. My inspiration where I get a genius what? idea here. 
but we should probably stop talking about it because we're not spoiling the rest of yes. the season. Uh, you've probably watched yes. it, but we can get more into the details. Either way, he beats the shit out of Stingray, who's just showed up thinking he's now proved himself to his peers, so now he should be fine to get back in, I'll do anything. And seemingly Terry Silver just punches him and starts kicking him and is beating the shit out of him. And of course we have that dramatic piano music that's that Terry Silver theme as he's mm. his, uh, becoming more cracked and going back into who he once was yes absolutely it's like excuse me uh it's a nice like haunting way to end it too because yeah as he's kicking the shit out of him and the camera's panning back out of the room uh which we do know like that back room as we've called it dubbed it before like kind of the domain of crease that is like we're all like the darkness happens <laughs> in the cobra kai never dies room you know there's already like fucked up shit happening in the main area but whenever the dark shit happens it's in the cobra kai never dies room absolutely um so yeah that brings us to the end of the episode as you said it's we, we have two two episodes left and slight spoiler alert we're getting into this fucking tournament next time uh until then if you have any thoughts on what we've said today do send them to shows what you know show at gmail.com or leave a review on apple podcasts we'd be happy to take your thoughts on board um especially just on the overall season as we're coming up on the end there uh any thoughts you'd want to share would be of interest uh anything else we should recommend jim um i think that's about it except for one more thing there's always one last thing oh what's that strike first strike hard no, no mercy, mercy.